Hi there, you're listening to the Spirit Room Podcast with me, psychic medium and mentor, Melissa White. This show is for developing mediums, budding intuitives, and those who just find themselves curious about spirit and the afterlife. I'll share my experiences with you working with spirit as a professional medium for over a decade. I'll also interview people that I find brilliant and fascinating and provide you with some insight into how you can live this life to the fullest, knowing that there is so much more available to us than what meets the human eye. So I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just see what spirit has in store for us today. everyone. Welcome back to The Spirit Room with Melissa White. I'm so pleased today to be with Megan Elisa, and she is a warm, down-to-earth, evidential psychic medium based in Southern California, working worldwide, facilitating both private and public demonstrations of mediumship. Her passion is to provide a safe space for healing through detailed, accurate evidence and messages from those in spirit so that their loved ones know life continues beyond physical death. She teaches psychic and mediumship development at Oak Bridge Institute, as well as being a content creator, helping the public know the truth of spirit, dispelling fears and misunderstandings through using both humor and a non-woo-woo-based approach. She's strongly devoted to the spirit world and the work that she does with them. She's developed her mediumship under some of the most accurate and well-respected mediums working today, such as Michael Mayo, Eileen Davies, Gordon Smith, and travels to study at the world-famous Arthur Finley College in England. So welcome, Megan. Thank you again so much for being here. Thank you, Melissa. It's so nice to be here. It's my pleasure. So I was thinking we could um, just start from the beginning. And if you could tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey and what is your mediumship origin story? Sure. Okay. Well, basically, I had always had all kinds of different experiences through my life, but I never had anyone to help me understand what they were. And actually, when I did bring it up to my mom, she always said it was a coincidence. So, you know, I had, you know, I knew things before they happened. I knew things about people that I shouldn't know. I had very odd occurrences uh, with people that had just passed and taking me to certain places and finding out that they passed because of that. And this has happened on multiple occasions way before I ever realized I was a medium. So fast forward, um, my dad passed, my grandma who helped raise me, and my mother-in-law who was my best friend. They all passed, um, my dad first, and then a couple years later, the other two passed in the same year within six months of each other. And then basically after that was when I was kind of having what I refer to as more of like a spiritual reawakening, where I was having a lot more of these experiences once again. And I was really just asking for some clarification from the spirit world. I'm like, what is this? What What is happening? Um, and so they led me to a metaphysical store at locally. I just felt this pull that I needed to go there. And I had a, a reading with a medium and she told me 
hey, I think you're a medium. Here is a flyer for development circle that's here. And it was with medium Michael Mayo. And she said, you know, he studies with all the great um, mediums in the UK. He goes, you know, to Arthur Finley College and he studies with so-and-so. And, you know, I think you'll really like him. And I said, okay, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I decided to go and it happened to be the next night. And so I went to this circle with like 20, 25 people and I didn't know anyone. And basically I had my very first experience where I could really tell what was happening through his instruction and, and explaining things that were going on that I was able to connect with uh, spirit and bring forward. You know, I felt he was a male and I was able to bring forward information and like, you know, I had this crazy energetic experience while I was singing the power, like basically everything in my life that didn't make sense up until that point finally did. And why I was always drawn to things like mediumship shows and things about spirits and crystal balls and like anything to do with this sort of stuff without ever realizing why. I totally get it. And I relate to that so much. Like so much of what you said is so similar um, to my experience of just seemingly randomly going to a development circle, even though we both know, you know, it wasn't random, but still showing up and having this experience and realizing, oh, like now my whole life up to this point actually makes sense. So it's pretty, pretty phenomenal, pretty amazing. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I pretty much decided in that one evening <laughs> that my life was going to, you know, be dedicated to this and discovering, understanding myself and this connection and how grateful, very grateful I was to the spirit world for, you know, bringing me there and, and working with me. And I still feel like that. And when I start talking about, you know, just the way I feel about the spirit world, I'll, I'll start crying. You probably can hear that in my voice a little bit. <laughs> But like, I, I just, I love them so much and um, I just appreciate all that they do. I, I love that. And it's so, I, I mean, I can feel that so sincere, but also there's this, such a bond, I think that happens when like we start to realize that so many of us come to this work through our own healing and our own grief and, you know, even like trauma and things like this. And so it's pretty powerful to see like how healing and just how beautiful that bond is, that connection between us and the spirit world, but then also like people that are doing the work and devoted to it too. So it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, I agree. What about the, okay, so your relationship with spirit, could you tell us a little bit about how that has changed and maybe evolved over time? I wasn't one of those people that came in with any fear or even any religious ideologies or dogmas really, um, you know, moving into it, which I am grateful for, even though I had explored all different religions and I actually went to Catholic school, but I'm Jewish and like there's <laughs> more, more bloodline, there's all that sort of stuff. So I didn't, I didn't start with any of that luckily. And so I would say more so the depth of my trust. Um, my knowing that of their existence and that they're always with me, helping, assisting, and you know, doing what they do on their side. Um, you know, wanting the best for all of us here, and knowing, um, you know, there's absolutely nothing to fear of the spirit world at all. And that's that's really a part of my mission. I I feel like for my teaching, for not only my students that are learning mediumship development, but just the general public 
um, through my platform. I, I really, I don't, I just wish people could truly understand through their own experience how much they don't need to be afraid and how very loving and supportive uh, those that are around them that work with them and those are connected to them like their own past loved ones and ancestors, et cetera, are. I love it. And that's how I that's how I came across you is seeing a video like that on TikTok. And I just loved it and appreciated it so much because I feel really the same way. Um, and I find that sometimes when either students or people, just people in general in the public are committed to believing that spirit is evil or that like there are like spirits that are going to harm them or do whatever, open some kind of like portal to something or whatever when they're opening up to spirit. I find that sometimes that's a conversation that is difficult for me to have because I, I never want to discount someone's experience or how they've, how they've perceived something. But I always do want to offer an alternative explanation for some of the things they might have experienced and just maybe give them a little like plant a seed that like it doesn't have to be like your relationship with spirit does not have to be this uh, drama filled uh, experience. Like it actually is so loving, healing and empowering. Yes. I and I and I appreciate what you're saying as far as, you know, not making someone, you know, feel sort of crazy in their own experience or, you know, discounting what their belief is around that. Right. But there is uh, definitely something to offer with helping them realize that those things are being filtered through either fear or trauma or religious beliefs or, you know, myths and things that have been heard. And so that's something, an element that I feel a lot of people are missing from their understanding around realizing that any experience we have, whether that is truly a negative or positive experience, is being shaped and filtered through ourselves. And so when you can understand that and actually break down whatever that experience is and realize why it's been shaped in that way, again, whether that's positive or negative, then you're going to at least have a clear understanding around what actually occurred and whether or not you need to carry that with you or not. That's so true. And I I mean, I've gotten into like heated debates with people about like them not believing that I've never been scared by spirit or that I've never been harmed. And I just, I always find myself just thinking like, oh my God, like I wish I could somehow just put this information into your head and just let you just, just sit with it and just, just trust it. So yeah, it is an interesting thing, but I love that that's part of your mission and I, I totally am on board for that. Um, so what about, could you share anything around things that you've seen in mediumship, a mediumship community that's been amazing and maybe some of the things that you've seen that have been not so amazing? Specifically, I want to say on like the extremes that are out there, obviously not just on social media, but just in the mediumship world. You know, honestly, I've been very, very fortunate with where I start, who I started with, you know. And the teachers I've worked with, I have truly never had a negative experience with, you know, I, I would say there's only one teacher where I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> but a lot of people have experiences where they may start with someone that, you know, is maybe more fear-based or maybe, uh, you know, not working ethically and that kind of thing. So in my experience, I've mostly had positive experiences with a lot of mediums, right? And, and not just through teachers, but also let's say like online, right? So like through TikTok, I have really been fortunate to connect with some truly amazing people that are now like family to me. 
Um, you know, and there's been a lot that I have also blocked. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, and you know, I've made connections, all sorts of wonderful connections that I'm very much appreciative of. But, you know, there are a lot of people out there who claim to use the title of psychic medium or medium or whatever title they want to use without having the understanding, the training and development behind it. And so unfortunately, because of the, you know, it's like, do we want to be regulated on this sort of spiritual thing? No, but at the same time, do we maybe need some sort of regulation around the activity of what, what is done with it? Maybe, right? So there's a lot of people out there that unfortunately, like I said, call themselves those, those titles, but aren't actually doing the work of spirit and are doing the work of ego more so and are unfortunately causing harm to those here. Now, um, on one hand, I'm sort of like, okay, I really don't like that because I want to, I want to help people avoid, you know, being harmed and believing that mediums and psychics are that way um, and are you know, taking advantage of people. It, it really causes a big ripple effect in the community as a whole, not just for the person doing it, for everyone, right? Including the people they're harming. Because in the work, we are working with vulnerable people that are in grief and people seeking our guidance. And that needs to always be taken in as uh, a huge importance uh, and a, a responsibility that you have to own and keep yourself up at a certain level because, again, there is no regulation, right? So we have a lot of these people out there doing things. So like I said, on one hand, part of me is like, I really hate this. I don't, I don't like this. I want to stop this. On the other hand, I also have this belief that everyone has a place. Everyone has a, a, is on a different place in their journey with these things. And that through everything we experience, we do learn something from or there's an opportunity potentially there to learn something from, right? So some people may have a an experience where they start with, let's say, a teacher that you know they have to unlearn things or whatever, but they then gain a lot of insight of, you know, these are these are the kinds of teachers I want to avoid, or this is what I want to learn, this is how I want to grow versus that, right? So we we have these, we always have these dualities here in this physical world. Um, so it's like on like I said, like on one hand, I want to like cast out, <laughs> be like. No. And on the other hand, I'm like, okay, well, I don't like this, but all I can do is teach from my my own perspective and understanding and hope that that reaches the people that it can. Oh, that's so true. And I, I feel you on that. And also it's it comes from a place of really caring, you know, really caring not only about people here in the physical world, but also upholding our end of the bargain when it comes to what we're what we're doing with our work with spirit you know so i get it it's like that it is it, it keeps me sometimes off of um off of certain platforms because i was just getting exposed to a lot of stuff that i it just made me like i had to put it away like i just i, I couldn't really watch some of it and then but like but not in a way of like i'm judging this person but more like oh my god i can't believe this exists or this is actually going out there you know and then you think about people who maybe are maybe younger or just like haven't really been exposed to any of this stuff before and if that's their first like experience of what they think that mediumship is that does does concern me all the more reason for for us to continue to teach like you said like through from your own experience and put out there what um you know, you're in alignment with and, and what you want to share. So it makes, you know, it makes sense to continue to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like pushy against a waterfall. 
you're not going to get very far. You know what I mean? When you're trying to chin, you can't, you can't change other people. You can't stop other people. Yes. There are like, again, like regulations and things like that, that could shape the group of people. Right. But that doesn't exist currently. And so it is, um, you know, I've gone through all the things that you're talking about. I've definitely had to step away at times. I've blocked people. I've had to sort of uh, deal with the fallout too, you know, for the people that it does affect that then come to me seeking reassurance and are just terrified of the things they hear. It causes them so much anxiety or people that were, you know, taken advantage of by, by certain mediums. Uh, either they paid them and, you know, they never got what they were supposed to get. They ripped them off or there's all the scammers out there. Just, you know, there's the real, real scammers. And then there's people that are just scamming in general. But there's there's a lot of cleanup, I would say, that does happen in the community because of some of this stuff. And that is sort of annoying. But again, yeah, it's like, you know, we can only do what we can do and keep working on ourselves and hope that that shines out to change people on their own terms, right? That they choose to want to do that, that they want to have a standard for ethics. They want to have a standard for the kind of evidence they are going to provide for the spirit world to people here. Like it has to be something that comes from within them. What about something like a myth? Any, I mean, there's quite a few out there, but any specific myth that you feel like you'd like to maybe talk about or dispel? Probably one of them that I think hurts people the most is this idea that, you know, if someone takes themselves home, right, commits suicide, if they, you know, die in a tragic way, or they have, you know, depression when they pass, or whatever the reasoning behind why they pass, and then that medium says, that person is stuck here on the earth plane, or is going to hell, or is in a dark place, or like, you know, anything that tells people this nonsense, I'm just going to say it, nonsense um, around the spirit world, it, it does bother me because it is so harmful to people in grief unnecessarily, absolutely unnecessarily, because I've never in all of my thousands of connections ever experienced anything like that from the spirit world. Everyone goes to love. Every That's what we are right here we have things that block that, right? Just like Rumi says, our job here is to remove the things that block us from the love that we are. And that's the truth. And we return to that state of that love and we have an understanding there and, and gain compassion and accountability for our behavior. And we don't, there's, it's not even possible to be stuck here. Can they come visit here whenever? I'm sure. Absolutely. Are they always connected to us and can interact with us? Yes. Right. But that doesn't equal being stuck or in a bad place or anything like that. Um, and it just it just makes me very sad, you know, when when that's being told by somebody with authority who's abusing that authority, in my opinion, uh, to create harm. And it's that or, you know, even people who are doing this, that they may actually believe that to be true, but they true. don't training yeah. or the um necessarily the discernment part figured out so they don't recognize that when they pick up on something a feeling of a clairsentient feeling of some kind of despair that that's the spirit person giving them an idea of maybe what they were experiencing before they passed but it's not in real time in spirit this is their uh, experience they're not suffering and so that is so it's so difficult to try and um yeah, like you, I find you will run across people who have been told that, 
And it's like they're being re-traumatized. They've been re-traumatized. They've been devastated again on top of what they're already experiencing. And so, yeah, I find that's one of the biggest ones that uh, I encounter. And it's the same thing. I, I tell people it's the same thing. I literally have never come across a spirit who passed in any way that was stuck or in pain or angry or in any kind of suffering ever. So I, I can't ever, I, I can't say that's been my experience. I can't change that. Like that's, that's the truth. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and like you said, I, I do believe a lot of people are um, just uneducated and untrained and don't have that discernment, like you're saying. And, and then there's also, you know, the population that may be using that to their benefit to gain control of that person. So there's also that, right? So we have both categories. But this is also why, you know, the development of a medium, right, is so, so important because it's, it's so many facets that are being developed. It's not just your ability to connect and bring through information. It's about having that proper discernment between realizing what is my mind and what is not. And when am I filtering through that mind and interpreting or adding my own spin through, like I said before, religious beliefs and that kind of stuff, right? When am I doing those things? And am I learning how to work with grieving people in an ethical way that is going to help them instead of harm them, right? It's, it's so, there's so many factors. We're, we're developing ourselves as people as people, as spirit here in this body, as we're working on our mediumship development. So there's just so many very, very important reasons why we need to be making sure we're doing this um, if we do plan to work with the public in this way. And I mean, I was so shocked. I had someone comment on something one time about a class or mentorship program that I was uh, putting out there. And they were like, oh, you don't need a class to do this. Either you are or you aren't. And I was just like, oh my God, this is such a red flag. Like if you approach this work and think that you don't need any training because you have some kind of innate ability, which yeah, of course we we have that, but there's so much to refine and so much to explore. And just the spiritual development of your own self, like you're saying, like that part of it in itself, let alone all of these skills and abilities that were, you know, fine tuning and all of that. So I just thought, oh, I had no idea that was even a belief out there that people just thought, oh, you shouldn't need any kind of training or education if you're legit. Um, that's wild to me. Like, I just don't, yeah. I don't get that. So yeah, I've had people come at me about that too, actually. <laughs> and they, they don't really understand that because this is actually an ability you can strengthen the ability, you can make the dimmer switch go on and off, right? Depending on what you're doing to help with that or to not, right? So it's like if you're a singer, you're not most likely going to be super proficient at it until you learn how to breathe properly. You learn all the different techniques of training your voice. You put a lot of time and effort and dedication into that ability and to make it even better. And that's you know, similar to what we're doing, people have um, certain natural inclinations towards certain things in life, but you you have to keep developing that thing to keep growing and to become at a, a level that is actually going to be the most proficient. This is your vocation. This is your your calling. You're part of your, you know, life's work. Uh, yeah, it would make sense to want to develop it and spend the time and the energy and invest in yourself in that way. Yes, I think. What do you think holds developing mediums back? 
a big part is the personal development side. So the sides of us that we're unwilling to deal with in our normal life gets in the way in our mediumship. So things like having, um, you know, control issues, uh, inability to trust yourself, inability to really be flexible and move through whatever's happening in the moment. Things like having a idea or expectation of what this reading or this time should be like gets in the way, right? There, desire. There's so many different factors of us that stand in the way of a true connection where we're not interfering. So, you know, I would say that and also impatience. There's a lot of people that want it yesterday, right? And they're not willing to realize that this is a slow unfoldment process. It's going to take as long as it takes and that truly development never ends, right? So it's a sense of wanting to rush the process, wanting to be famous, right? So there's a lot of aspects of the ego that I would say, and, and I don't want to paint the ego as a negative. It's not. It's just there can be negative attributes to the ego if we don't work on them, right? If we're not there's a difference between being confident and being arrogant, right? So those are two aspects of the ego. One is more positive and one is less beneficial. Definitely. And it's so true. In life, I find the same thing like you're saying. If if someone is wanting to develop their mediumship and they're struggling to feel their feelings in world in the in their life i find it is reflected when they go to work with spirit and they they're like oh they, they find it more difficult or a little bit more daunting to go into the clairsentient feeling of course um so it's always this balance of okay well whatever your whatever's going on in your your life is going to be reflected there and i also think whatever we're doing there with spirit is also sort of like vice versa is going to be reflected somehow in your day-to-day life as well all of those things, I think, do really hold people back. Uh, the impatience thing, I think, is really a big one. And that seems to be a big life theme for a lot of, I think, most most people. That is a big that is a big thing. And then also the control thing, I think, is major. Like, that is the one thing I will tell students. If you are someone who's, like, experienced perfectionism in your life, mediumship training will be an awesome way for you to heal that because you'll find that it will never be perfect and it's not meant to be uh, perfect, but we're meant to look at it from this growth mindset. And that's so similar to, to life, like mediumship parallels life so much. Totally. And that was one of the first things that really hit me in my beginning of my development was how parallel the mediumship development is to almost every other life scenario and how you can see what gets in the way of that connection or that flow, right? And so it's it's definitely a lot of that. The other thing I was curious about, famous people in spirit. I saw a video recently about, um, you were talking about an Elvis and Graceland um, situation. And I feel like this is such an important discussion to have because I do see a lot of mediums claiming to be channeling different celebrities or, you know, famous people. And I'd love for our listeners to hear your perspective on this. So. With the kind of mediumship I practice, which is evidential, whoever you're bringing through, you would need to be able to have someone to connect them to, right? That they can validate the information. So I think that's a big thing to just even note when it comes to, because a a celebrity is a person, right? A celebrity is a person or in the spirit world or a spirit that doesn't make them more special than anyone else. And so why would certain people connect with a complete stranger. 
You know what I mean? Because why? Because they're famous. I don't really, it doesn't really compute for me. So there's a lot of people that claim a lot of things, of course. So, and you know, anyone can say anything about anything. And that's the, that's the issue with um, having discernment around what you're listening to as well. Because if, unless they can bring through specific evidence that they would not have known in any way, or it's not in the public eye that can be verified as accurate, then it doesn't really mean much of anything. Now, it doesn't mean that you couldn't potentially have someone who was a famous person in life who works with you in some way through spirit. Like that is a possibility. I don't want to say that that's not possible, but you know, the people that want to use it for clout to say, oh, I was talking to Robin Williams and he said da 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 da, which was like a bunch of platitudes and nonsense that doesn't really help anyone with anything to claim it's him. Like, how do you know that? Like, how do you know that for sure? Like, you can't really without having that verifiable validation. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And it, yeah, I think it's at times, um, it's that connection. It's the the bond of love that would bring that person through to communicate in the first place. So if you're some random person who maybe like really admired that, that particular person and like celebrity and, and maybe there's like a connection there. Yeah, who knows? They could influence you. They maybe might bring you some inspired words or, or something like that. Or you could psychically be picking up on information about that person. Right, exactly. Yep. To claim that it is that spirit specifically talking to you and then putting it out there, I find is like so if if I was a family member of that loved one, I would feel it's gross. Like to me, it just feels so offensive. Um, and it would be, I think, yeah, just something that I'm, yeah, I just, I see it. I just think, oh God, please. I don't ever want like budding mediums to think that's, that's the the way. Right. Yeah. I've made several videos about this topic actually, uh, because of the fact that, you know, why, why is this person putting this out there? Uh, it's only because this name is tied to a famous person, right? Because they're not doing it for like, you know, some random person's cousin. They're doing it because this is a celebrity. And so they're doing it for their own vanity and their own following. And they're not taking into account how that could hurt the family, right? They don't care. They they really don't. And and to me, that is not okay. Um, and, but to talk about specifically what I was referring to with people that will say, make claims that they see Elvis at certain hotels or at Graceland, right? The people that claim to see him and hotels and that kind of thing and have no connection in life to him. Now, could that be their imagination because they know Elvis stayed in this place and people talk about ghosts of seeing Elvis? Absolutely. <laughs> right? That's one possibility. Another possibility, like you're saying, is could there be a psychic imprint that a sensitive person is picking up on? Potentially, right? But that is different from a consciousness that is interacting with you intelligently. So, but the people like, let's say Priscilla Presley, right, or his cousin that go to Graceland and make that connection with him, well, there are several reasons for that. And one is because they're thinking of him, right? It brings him to mind for them when they go there and they have that energetic connection to him. So absolutely a place that they spent time together and loved each other and have that energetic bond to one another could help increase that potential, right? So there's there's actual reasons why why certain places and people and that kind of thing could say, yes, I have seen Elvis and I have had these interactions versus, you know, other random people talking about it. 
that makes total sense. And I think the the psychic imprint for me is I think it happens more often than people realize. I, I think oftentimes that might be something that is mistaken for haunting or you know, other stuff like that. But it's so true. It's like, well, is there evidence and is there intelligent communication? If not, then it's not that's not spirit. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, I do like to go on paranormal investigations just because they're fun. And I always love to experiment with the spirit world. I'm very open and trusting to do with any of that. But I do think, you know, I don't necessarily believe in hauntings. Like I said, I don't believe spirits are stuck anywhere. I do think they have connections to potential places and people more than anything. And I think there's a potential because people are seeking that connection that spirits may come to try to say like, hey, yeah, I do still exist, right? Because They do like to do that. But I think that for the most part, people are just picking up on psychic impressions and, you know, leftover energetics in a space, especially if there was, you know, something major that happened there that left a lot of energy. Any kind of intense emotion, if there's been violence, like any of that kind of stuff would leave a really strong impression. I had one time... uh, this guy from a, it was a paranormal investigated, uh, investigator group, um, come and just do like a workshop and chat with one of my development circles. And it was so fascinating and it was really cool. Cause he was very open. Like I had spoken with him ahead of time and explained like my view that, you know, that it was a little bit different than maybe his view, but I wanted to know about like what their technology was and how they use it. And he had so many cool experiences and stories to share and it was really wonderful to be able to give my insight and then he you know kind of took that and then he gave me some insight into some of the things that he was seeing and I found that really fascinating and I I think it's cool to keep an open mind about that kind of thing because it's true like there's we could we can all sort of like connect with spirit in our own way as long I feel like as long as there's like that respect right yes yeah I definitely agree I I like to, you know, I don't watch most paranormal shows uh, because they have a storyline that they're trying to feed people about demons or, you know, scary this or that or attacks or attachments and all that stuff. But, and, you know, and a lot of times they can be rude to spirits or to potential spirits, I'll say. And then there's a lot of interpreting going on and coming to conclusions about things that really does steer the public wrongly. Um, but you know, I think that the more open we are to giving the spirit world different ways to communicate and, um, work with us, the better, right? Like if you look at the past, right, there's, there's so many, um, different ways the spirit world works through different mediums and use different mechanisms to, to bring through evidence that this world existed. And I do find this is sort of an interesting segue to something that I actually want to bring up. <laughs> That there seems to be this kind of like uh, us mediums over here against the paranormal community. Like there seems to be this like weird, like almost idea like mediums are, we're better, we know more. And like you guys are, you know, lesser and dumb and like, like, I don't know, just to be honest, like that's just what it feels like. There is this weird thing that goes on. And like when I, so I use a spirit box sometimes to communicate and a Ouija board sometimes to communicate. I use all different kinds of things. And that is outside of my mediumship, even though I'm using my awareness, right? When I'm connecting and it's just because I can, you know what I mean? And it's not a wrong thing to do. But I've had mediums be like, well, why are you using that if you're a medium? And I'm like, well, because that's not where I, I don't, I don't like to limit a limitless power. As one of my teachers, Eileen Davies says, 
I like to give the potential to spirit to use different things because why not? Right. And it's almost like this sense of like looking down upon anyone that uses something outside of their own connection to make a a claim that spirit is here. And why? Like, why? Isn't that what we're trying to do as mediums is to show the spirit world is around us and can communicate? And what do you care if it's through you or an, an outside thing? Like, why does that matter if there's actual evidence that can show that? Well, I think it might inspire a little bit of uh, someone's ego getting a little bruised if they start to realize that maybe it's not them that's facilitating, it's the spirit world. And so if the spirit world can come through the box and it can come through this and you can use that and that, it some mediums I think might be a little bit like salty about that, thinking that like it takes away some of their whatever they're giving their themselves credit for. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't like that. I don't like that because the truth is is all we're really doing is becoming a connector and learning to get ourselves out of the way to bring through information. We're not doing anything. It's the spirit world that makes the effort to do it. We're participating, right? We're co we're co members of this information, but we're not special. We're we're really not everyone is special. And to like put yourself up on a pedestal in that way really just strokes your ego. And so to me, that just says there's ego work there that needs to be done or, you know, realizing what your role is in this. It's it's really to be an instrument and nothing more. 100%. And I think that's, but that is, I, I know that's what it is when it comes to certain people. It's like, oh, they can't fathom that it's not about them, <laughs> you know? So I do see that. But I, yeah, we had experiences, my friend in... England had this software and I can't remember what it's called but anyways it was pretty amazing and we were just experimenting with like different like different questions that we were asking and just like had a group of us assembled and it was phenomenal some of the actual words that came through like you can hear it it's similar I suppose to probably the spirit box they were evidential pieces of information that did come through. So that was pretty, that was pretty mind blowing. But then also you think, of course, like spirit will find a way, like whatever, whatever you give them, they're going to find a way to do it. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I do think that being a developed medium or someone that's developed their own spiritual power to be used does help. You know what I mean? It gives them an extra boost to be able to use those kind of devices. I mean, there's so many different physical mediums that have used things like, I, I'm trying to remember his name, Marcello Bacci, I believe, he uses a radio. He's a physical medium. The spirits come through directly through a radio and speak to their loved ones and rain flowers from the sky and bring mm-hmm. up ports, you know, of, of like pictures of them. I mean, just incredible things. And if we weren't open-minded to these other available ways of communication, none of that would happen, right? When yeah. we decide that this is the only way that this communication can come through. We're putting a stop to that potential. Yeah. And it's true. You, in that moment, you are limiting, you know, what you're allowing. And really that's like, I don't feel like that's our, that's not our job. (laughs) So what do you think has been maybe the most challenging part of your own development as a medium and as a teacher? I guess I'll start more toward the beginning of my development. I did have issues with um, perfectionism and control and, um, you know, some of the more the things that maybe I hadn't dealt with about myself at that time yet or didn't realize it wasn't conscious to me, right? Until these other things kind of showed me areas of growth where I could continue to work on things. And so I would say that and, uh, you know, confidence, right? Um, 
and not caring about whatever the outside um, response is, whether that is just through the, the person I'm connecting, like like if you get a no, right? Not having a, a very negative reaction to that no, not having that sort of internal tenseness come up, right? And then and it can extend that to beyond the people even outside of that that I'm not even working with that just love to send negativity because they don't understand the work. They don't understand that the spirit world is real, or they think that mediums are all frauds and fake and uh, taking advantage of people, or they think we're working with the devil and demons and all of this stuff, right? Or just people that are, you know, just don't believe the spirit world exists at all. And so they just literally think you're like the worst person ever trying to like hurt people, right? So there's like all of that added stuff that comes with what you do, right? And it's it's not easy. It it's uh, it takes a lot of, um, I would say, self trust and trust with your spirit team, and knowing the purposes of why you do this work, um, to have to kind of move through that in as graceful a way as you can. Because it's as a you know we're all very sensitive at mediums. We're very sensitive people. Um, you know, emotionally, energetically, and yet we have to be so incredibly strong at the same time. And I've found that through, because you have to be also be very vulnerable in your, when you're a medium and you're connecting properly, right? It, there's a vulnerability that's there. So I've found that actually through letting go some of my defenses in my walls and realizing the strength of my vulnerability and in my love and in my, and the truth and in the truth, really, that I've found strength in that way. And so that is always my pillar, I would say, is what is the truth as far as like, what is my experience shown me over and over and over again? And then as far as like a teacher goes, my, I, I trained for like over two years under, under my mentor, one of my mentors, Michael Mayo, uh, for, for teaching, because I know how important it is to, you know, be gentle with students, to you, you, there's teachers that just rip out your confidence and immediately, right? Like upon uh, working with them because they're negative or they cut you down or, you know, or whatever. And I knew how important it would be that I taught well, that I was going to take this time I had with any student I worked with and to do it to the best of my ability, right? To allow myself to be influenced by my helpers that work through me, uh, to to know how to feel into the energy, to know what is going on with the students, and to be able to actually offer them help, right? In a in a way that's going to really benefit them to understand their own mediumship. So I trained a long time to do that, and so I'm always I'm just the kind of person that if I'm going to do anything, I really want to do my best. And so it's a matter of finding this acceptance for wherever I am at the time and then realizing that I'll keep growing because I'm willing to and I'm willing to put in the work to do those things. But like, I I just always want to offer the best I possibly can. I feel that. And I did the same thing with my mentor. Um, I took the teaching mentorship program for that purpose that I really, same thing. You just want to, you just want to empower your students and give them, of course, the very best. And I think sometimes too, like, it's really about being open to how every single person that comes to you is going to be individual and, and their own unique kind of on their own unique journey and just being 
there meeting them, you know, where, where they're at. But I love that. And it's true. It's, it's such a interesting thing about the sensitivity because we train and we do all this stuff to increase and really fine tune our sensitivity. And then we go in the world and be that sensitive. So you have to kind of um, have, I think this really, really, um, that strength within it is like a, a mental toughness and also um to be resilient and to be able to bounce back like from a no or from a situation where someone is you know just giving you a little bit more of a hard time you know like it's all of those things but well I mean I I feel like we could at for forever but I, I do feel like I'm, I've already taken you through like so much. So I I would want to know if there's anything else you want to share or if you just want to let people know where they can find you. One last thought I, I do want to share. I think that the general public doesn't always realize the work that goes into being a medium and what um, someone who wants to venture into mediumship development, what they'll face when it comes to it. And I, and I think that that's sort of sad, you know, it's almost like they only show one very small aspect of mediumship to the public. Um, and, and I just feel like, you know, let's just say famous mediums just for just cause, but like famous mediums, they don't really show the underbelly of any of this or the difficulty or, you know, that vulnerable side of themselves because they, I would say it's not them probably more so the, you know, the networks or whatever want to paint them a certain way. But I, I just feel like it's such a disservice, really, to people that are looking to understand more about this world. Um, and so I appreciate people like you and, you know, people that are willing to be out there to say like, hey, there's more aspects to this. There's more to it. You know, and it's not something you can speed into. It is this slow thing that happens. It's, it's something that's available to everyone as well. It's, it's not just special people. Uh, everyone has a connection to spirit because you are spirit now in this body. And so it's just a matter of uncovering that and letting yourself uh, be patient with that process if you choose to want to discover that. And, you know, people will use it in all different kinds of ways. It's not just through being a medium, but you may use it to be the best darn garbage man in the world. You know what I mean? To use that connection to your own spirit and to the greater spirit. And so I just want to, I guess, leave people with this understanding that if you are struggling, if you are someone that's a sensitive person or someone that's beginning your mediumship development or someone that's been doing it for a few years, to know that you're not weird, that it's very normal and it's a part of the process and the journey of this whole story, of this whole path you're on. And to know there's other people out there like you and, uh, you know, we have a community um, at Oakbridge, where we really cultivate a safe space. And so, you know, that's something I feel really proud of with, you know, what we've done there to try to help people to connect to one another and to not feel like such a freak, like I felt for such a long time, to know there's other people that are experiencing similar things to you, and then to learn how to best use those things. And I just hope that that helps someone. A hundred percent. That, that will, I know. And I just want to sincerely thank you so much. You are such an incredible person, amazing energy. I really, really appreciate this conversation and I know everyone else is going to love it too. So 
let us know where people can find you. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so on TikTok, I'm at Megan Alisa Medium. And make sure you find the profile um, that has, you know, over 200,000 followers because there's a lot of fakes there. So just be careful because they'll reach out to you and say, you know, grand rising, my dear. <laughs> I'm trying to scam you, unfortunately, and people do get scammed. So be careful about that. On Instagram, I'm at She's Got a Rebel Heart uh, because that name came to me from Spirit a long time ago, and I'm not willing to give it up. <laughs> and it's true. Um, and then my website is MeganAlisaMedium.com, and then I also have YouTube at MeganAlisaMedium. So I have all the all of those things and ways to reach me if you should want to. And if anyone is interested in doing a private reading, uh, whether for mediumship, psychic, or spiritual assessment, or also trance um, healing, I do uh, trance healing also, that can all be done only through my website. So I just want to tell people that so, again, they don't get scammed in any way. Sounds good. Amazing. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.